Hello, this is Zach Cherian. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We are really excited to bring you this teaching. Please open your heart and, if you can, your Bibles and receive this word from the Lord recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship. Thank you for being in the house of God. You all ready for the word today? Open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9, please, as I begin teaching a three-part series that I want to do. I've been doing a lot of series, but I don't know why. Uh, I enjoyed. We've been talking about living in the victory, living uh, in the victory of over Satan. And how many of you know that Satan's already defeated? Amen. Amen. So it's not that you have to defeat him. It's you living in the victory of the one who already defeated him. Amen. I want to continue in the same theme, even though this is a completely different teaching. I want to talk about three things on these three specific weeks that we have. Three things that God has given us as weapons against the enemy. Amen. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not of this world, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And there are three things that God's given us. Number one, He's given us His name. Say His name. name. Number two, His blood. Say the blood. Blood. And number three, He's given us the word. word. These are really three important things. I know they are very broad topics. So I'm going to spend time today on the name. Can we do that? And then I woke up this morning and I started preparing. The Holy Spirit put this in my heart. And I said, ooh. And then when I started to study this more, I did what I do when I get excited when I'm preaching. What was that? I got up and ran around. I did. It was, it was just amazing. It was so much fun as I'm studying the word of God, the name and the power that we have because of the name of Jesus. Amen. So today, I want you to leave this church name dropping. <laughs> All right. Come on. Come on. Today, I give you permission to name drop. His name is Jesus. Use it. It's been given to you. He has given that name to you, and it's a beautiful name. But I want us to understand this because whenever people teach about the name of God, they always go to the left side of the Bible to teach it. And I want to tell you something. There's more than enough in the name of Jesus than there is in any other name revealed. This is really good. And the more, because, you know, everyone goes and studies the names of God, and they pull out all that stuff. I am not going to do that today. I'm going to teach you about the power that comes from the name of Jesus. It's a good name, y'all. Say Jesus. Jesus. Come on, say it like you really like that name. Jesus. Jesus. It's awesome. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Let's read it together. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 in the NKJV. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called, shout it, Put your right hand over your head. Say, stinking thinking. thinking. You've got to go. I receive revelation tonight. tonight. My mind is alert. alert. Everything I hear goes into my spirit. And it changes my life. life. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Read it again. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Here's the funny thing. This is speaking specifically about the birth of Jesus. Amen? This is talking about the person of Jesus Christ. And the beauty about this name of Jesus, and I want you to stay with me today. Take notes, if you will, because this is an awesome thing that you got. See, gracers, we've got everything. All things pertaining to life and godliness have already been given to us. But the problem with grace, folk, is we talk a talk. 
Someone, someone asked me the other day, in fact, a pastor asked me, he said, why are grace people the flakiest ones? Why are grace people the ones that don't tithe, don't come to church, and oh, it's all grace, grace? I, I intend, Lord Jesus, in brazen grace to change that culture. This church is now one of them flaky churches. Football games don't keep us home. Come on now. Pastors always whining about churches, how much churches don't give. My church is great. It's a great church. It's a blessed church. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. Say Jesus. His name shall be called. Speaking of the name of Jesus, he says, In the revelation of the name of Jesus, you find this, that God is wonderful. That God is a counselor. That God is a mighty God. That, watch this now, he is the everlasting Father. Whoa, wait a second. What does that mean? That in the name and the person of Jesus is the revelation of the Father. This is really good. You don't get a revelation of Father from anywhere else except the person of Jesus Christ. You, you got to hear me. When I got this, I got so excited. The revelation of the Father is found in the name of Jesus. So if you want to know what the Father is like, you look at Jesus. If you know what the Father thinks, you see what Jesus is thinking. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus said, beloved, the power of heaven is in that name. All the power of heaven is in that name. Go with me to, actually, go read verse number 7. This, this is just a side note. I, I read this and I got really excited. Read from verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government, meaning the dominion or the, or the kingdom, will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and He's the Prince of Peace. Say, that's all for me. me. Now watch this. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Who is it talking about? It's talking about Jesus. When? When He was born on the earth. Is this talking about a government that's about to come in the future? Is this talking about some return one day when he comes back, there will be a government? No, no, no. This is still talking about the child that was born and on his shoulder. And it says, and of the government that is upon that child, Jesus, sweet baby Jesus, (laughs) of that child, the government that he brings, there shall be no end. Somebody tell me when it ends and when this other kingdom all the preachers are preaching about is going to start. There shall be no end. Now watch this. Continue. Same topic. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. Now watch this. To order it and establish it with judgment and justice. Now watch this now. From that time forward, even forever. This is why you got to understand there's nothing new about to happen. Everything that needed to happen happened on the cross of Calvary. And then when he finished it all and when it had all happened, he said, it is finished. I don't know why you're so quiet, but this is good. From that time forward, even forever, that kingdom That government that started when Jesus came, that government that began at the cross of Calvary has never ended, beloved. 
and it will never end. The book of Ephesians says Jesus is not returning for a wimpy church. He is coming for a glorious church. A glorious church without spot or wrinkle. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is in the Old Covenant revealing the birth of the Messiah that the Jews were waiting on. And you notice in his name there is not one word called judge. There's not one word come for I'm coming to destroy. There's not one word about I'm coming to kill. It's all wonderful. <laughs> Counselor. Oh, mighty God. Amen. Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. Book of Isaiah, the prophet is prophesying already. This new kingdom that's coming, it's all good, man. It's all good. You know what's funny? If you read Isaiah chapter 9, it's all about judgment and punishment. And he's going to come and he's going to, kingdom's going to be destroyed. And then this king will be punished. This punishment of Samaria. I'm, I'm just reading what's over here. The punishment, government coming. And it's all this doom and gloom. And in the middle of that, it prophesies the future of Israel. And it says, but there is coming one who will be born. On whose shoulders the government will be. But his name will be called Wonderful. Amen. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. All that in the name of Jesus. Amen. John chapter 1. Let's go there quickly. John chapter 1. Speaking of this one. John chapter 1, let's start at verse number 1. Let's read through verse number 5, and then I'm going to skip down to 14. John chapter 1, starting in verse 1 all the way to verse 5. Are you with me today? Yes. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. This may be just the greatest writing in the entire Bible. I mean, it's all awesome. It's all good. But this just might be some of the just, oh, you read it and you just get so, in the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God. And the word was. Oh yes. Yes Lord. You having a really boring day reading Lamentations? Mix it one day with John chapter 1. I promise you you'll wake up. In the beginning was the word. Who is the word? Jesus. You better believe it. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Who is John writing this to? He's writing it to the Jews. Who was the one that Jesus revealed himself to as the light? It was the Jews. But they could not comprehend it. Because they had made up their mind about him, who God being somebody that was very different from anything and everything Jesus revealed himself as. And so when Jesus comes and their own prophet prophesied what he was going to be like, where he would be born, what town he would be born in, and he will be wonderful. But the problem is they reject him because he's too wonderful. Too good to be true. Go down to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
and we beheld his glory. Hallelujah. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. Beloved, Jesus is full of grace and truth. John the Baptist bore witness of him and cried out saying, this, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me. For he was before me. 16. And of his fullness. Jesus' fullness. And of his fullness. We have received. The translation there is. And of his fullness. We have received fullness. That's why there's a comma there. Of his fullness. We have received fullness. You didn't get a little bit. You didn't get a part of it. You got his fullness. Amen. Of his fullness. We have received his fullness. What did we receive? Grace for grace. What is he full of? Grace. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't know what you're full of. But Jesus is full of grace. Verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Turn to 1 John chapter 5 verse 7 please. 1 John 5, 7 says this, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. I get asked this question many times. What was the name of Jesus before he became man? This is the revelation of what the Trinity looked like before Jesus became man. He was called the Word. Not that that was his name, but that's how he was represented as the Word. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. They are three, but they are one. Until he was born on the earth, he was represented as the Word. That's why when the Jewish people would elevate the written scriptures above Jesus, John responds to them directly and says, In the beginning, before even this was written, in the beginning was the word. Beloved, there is a word that is greater than the scriptures that have been written and revealed to us. There is a word that is bigger and he has existed before anything was written. When the Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain forever, it makes no sense. What use are you going to do with the book of Job? What's Esther going to do for us in the future? Nothing. They are great for us while we're down here. But there is a word that remains forever. Why? Because the ultimate purpose of this word, <laughs> the only purpose of this word was to reveal the word. You hear me? So if you read this religiously, front, back, middle, center, but you don't get a revelation of the word, then you miss the point of the book. Are you listening to me? This is not some little magic. If you don't read the Bible in the morning, bad things will happen to you during the day. So let me just read. And Judas hung himself and died. And then you feel really special because you read your word. <laughs> the point of this is not to take away your guilt. Because mommy and daddy put that in you. They put it in me for sure. 
And like clockwork, if I didn't read it, stuff would happen. Because that was my belief system. The whole point of the word is to reveal the capital word. The word. And if you don't get a revelation of Jesus, the word, then you missed the whole point of the word. This is really, really important. There are religious people today who read the first half of this in and out, in and out, in and out. And yet, if they were to die today, Because there is a name given. (laughs) There is only one name given by which man can be saved. And until you come to the revelation of that name and that person, you can know him as many other things. You can know him as all the names revealed in the old covenant. This is really important, beloved. But until you come to the revelation of him as Jesus, That's how powerful this name is. (laughs) Before he was named Jesus, he was named the Word. So when you read the Old Covenant, in fact, the first name revealed of God is Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. And that's beautiful because Elohim is, I don't know how to put it in simple terms, but it's almost God, plural. Uh But it's not like there's gods. See, that's why the the Jewish scholars can't understand it. And it was them that wrote it. And it doesn't make sense to them. We, you know, here is well, the Lord thy God is one God. That's what it's all about. And yet the first revelation of God is of him in the plural. But that doesn't mean there are three gods. It just means there are three of them in one. I touched it. (laughs) Three in one. And it didn't make any sense because in the old covenant, there is no other God revealed except the Father. Unless you look really carefully. In the beginning, Elohim. Elohim. The word Elohim means supreme God. Sometimes you can even translate it as mighty. And even sometimes you can make him as judge. But not judge as in the one who's judging. Judge as in the one who sets things in order. And then God reveals himself as Yahweh or Jehovah. Jehovah is the self-existent eternal one. And those are beautiful names. Those are wonderful names. But they don't do much for me. And then God started to reveal himself in ways that would make sense to man. Jehovah Jireh. Oh, I like that one. Because now my needs are being met. Huh? And all the names of God start getting revealed, except there's only one problem. Those names reveal His character. Those names reveal His nature. Those names reveal attributes about Him. But there was no power in those names. Those names revealed him as having power. Those names revealed him as being powerful. But there was no power in those names. Those are great names. Shama, Sidkenu, beautiful. Jehovah Nisi, my banner. 
Jehovah, let me do it. Makadesh. That's my favorite one because it's, it's just my sanctifier. Come on. Those are good names. They reveal what he's like. But there was no power in the name. <laughs> this is really, really important to understand. They all reveal aspects and parts of God. They reveal the different pictures of this multifaceted, fascinating, incredible father. It reveals parts of him, but there was no power in. You couldn't go lay hands on somebody in the name of El Shaddai. It don't work. It's a powerful name because it reveals the, the father, but in the name there is no power. You may see things happen because you're thinking of Jesus while you use one of his other names. But in and of those names, there is no power. But there is a name. I'm getting excited over here. None of those names have been given to us. There's only one name that's given to us. One name. That's all we need. One name. There is a name. Before I get to the ending... Turn to Psalms 138, verse 2. Oh. From the beginning, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing praise to you. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. Here is the psalmist prophesying. Now, watch this carefully. For you have magnified your word above your name. This is really important for you to understand. Who is the word? We got that, right? Who is the word? This verse is prophesying about the future saying that he has magnified. The word is he has lifted up or exalted. He has elevated the word, the person of Jesus Christ, even above the names that were revealed in the past. Philippians 2. Come on, Sandoz. Let's close it good. Philippians chapter 2. Say, I love that name. I love that name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's his name, beloved? Jesus. And that name, I'm just going to say it right now, is above all other names. Amen. You see the context now? Now, I know we've been saying, well, cancer is a name, and this is a name, and, and your sickness is a name, and anything that has a name must bow to the name of Jesus. That's all cute stuff, but the context here, yeah. and all that is true, too. But the context in Philippians, <laughs> so let's go back a few verses. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Meaning what? Let this thinking be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2 verse 5. Next verse, please. Who being in the form of God, <laughs> did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. It is because Jesus knew that he was fully God and fully in the form of God that it did not affect his identity to be humble. 
You know why some people can be humble? Because they're not secure in their identity. Right. I've said this before many times. How many of you have seen this, this, the, 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 the show Undercover Boss? Huh? Why is it that the boss is totally comfortable dressing up as someone at the lowest level of the show and walk around? Why? Because he know he the boss. Now, if he was an insecure guy, he'd go there, and the first dude that insults him, he'd fire him. Why? Because he's offended. But when you know you all that, you don't have to worry about people's insults. That was for free. But made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. Woo! It didn't bother him. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He knew who he was. Next verse. Therefore. You can read and claim Philippians 2.9 all you want, but if you don't understand the, next, the verses that were before that, it will not make sense what we're going to do right now. Brother Hagen would always say, whenever there's a therefore in the Bible, read a couple of verses up and a couple of verses down so you know what it's there for. <laughs> therefore, God has highly exalted him. Why? Because he humbled himself. Meaning what? Whenever there is humility, there's always great honor. Humility, try it. It's really good. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. Now watch this. And given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus. Shout that name. Jesus. Last verse again please. Verse 9. Therefore God has highly exalted him. Meaning what? Jesus wasn't highly exalted. God had to highly exalt him. He humbled himself to such a low degree that the father had to come and exalt him. Therefore, God exalted him. And now watch this. Gave him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus. Next verse. Every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth. God did not narrow down the option of going to heaven because of Jesus. Before Jesus, you are all going to go to hell. Jesus was your way out. <laughs> Jesus wasn't this narrowing down of God. Jesus was God's ticket to say, I don't want you to be lost in eternity. Come be with me forever. Whew. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Now watch this. Where? <laughs> of those in heaven. Even all the names in heaven must bow. To the name of Jesus. Watch this. Therefore God exalted him. Meaning what? There was a time the name of Jesus had no power. It was a very common Jewish name. And apparently Mexican too. It was a very common name. In fact, there's a book in the Bible called Jesus. <laughs> Some of you are like, what? Are you adding books to the Bible now? <laughs> no, there's a book in the Bible called Jesus. The Jewish name, Yeshua, from where we get Joshua. Joshua, Yeshua, same name. Yes, 
Yes, there was a book. What did you learn in church today? There's a book in the Bible called Jesus. <laughs> it had no power. It was a great name. It means the God who saves. You got a good name? What does your name mean? Tell me. Lady of Victory? Huh? What's your name? Huh? My, my, my sweetheart has a beautiful name, but it means ancient one. Don't fit her at all. That's why she married the young one. What does your name mean? Everyone likes to put good names. Unless you're crazy and you put your name your child Ichabod. <laughs> My lord, that must have been a really rough pregnancy. As soon as the dude comes out, the mom goes, the glory has left. <laughs> Jacob must have been a rough pregnancy too. Jesus was a common name. It was a great name. It was a good name. Just like all of us have good names. My name means God has remembered means I'm always on God's mind. God can get Zach out of his head. If that makes you mad, I don't care. God is always thinking of Zach Cherian. He is mindful of me. You know what that means? I am fully on his mind. I don't know how he makes time for the rest of you, but he's mindful of me. No, of course he does. It was a common name. But because he humbled himself unto death on the cross. Therefore, why? Because he died. Therefore, God highly exalted him. Therefore, because he humbled himself and went to the cross. Therefore, God exalted him. Before that, there was no power in that name. It was just a regular name. It was a good name, but it was just a regular name. God who saves. But because he humbled himself and died for you and me in the place of you and me as you and me. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name. I hope you get a revelation of how crazy God is about you. Jesus didn't need to be given authority. He was all authority. Jesus did not need to be given a name that gave, had a lot of power. Jesus, in and within himself, had a lot of power. Why did God put so much power in that name? Because after the cross, the way you and I represent ourselves is just like him. Now that name isn't just his. It's been given to you. So when Satan sees you, he sees the name Jesus written all over you. The only thing Satan has against you is you not knowing that you have the name of Jesus on you. In that name, Jesus is healer. In that name, Jesus is deliverer. In that name, Jesus is comforter. In that name, Jesus is peace. In that name, Jesus is joy. In that name, Jesus is life. In that name, Jesus is everything you ever need. God highly exalted that name and gave it a name that is above every other name. 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Whatever is attacking you today, whatever is coming against you today, whatever is tormenting you, whether it seems like it's from the outside or from the inside, whatever you have coming against you today, you have a name. You have been given a name. You have been given a powerful name. Amen. Say the name. Jesus. Use the name. Use that name. Church, how do I know we haven't used it enough? It's obvious. We need to start using that name. We need to start using that name. Now, I know that in the Hebrew, it was Yeshua. And, and some people say, you got to go be back only to the original name. You know what? I have traveled the world and seen thousands of people healed, cancers healed, blind eyes open, deaf ears open, demons cast out by saying Jesus. Amen. So I thank God that the English version works too. He has given him that name, Jesus. The name that is above every other name. Amen. He has exalted the word above his name. Why? Because his name only reveals him. Yeah. But the word is him. Amen. You hear me? The names only reveal him and reveal his nature, reveal his power. But it isn't him. He isn't him and his name aren't the same. And sometimes he goes, what shall I say? Send me. I am. Huh? I am. Huh? Because he couldn't. There was no way you could put a name to him. There was no way you could take everything about God. There was no way you could take his healing, his deliverance, his power, his, he, his glory, his might, his anointing. You couldn't take all that God was and, and put it in a name. And yet, because of Jesus, he did through Jesus. Amen. <laughs> That's why Jesus is greater than you calling on Jehovah Rapha. Sounds scandalous, but you better hear me. Jesus is greater than any name you can think of. Because all the power, all the dominion was placed Inside that name. And you know what God said? Here it is. Use it. Amen. Use it. Amen. You have been given a name. You have been given a name. It's the name of the Son of God. That's why we are included in Him. And we are now called Sons of God. Amen. Amen. This name is, come Joshua, is your gift. This name is is your gift everything you need has been given to you in a name what do you need today it's in that name listen to me what do you need today you want peace that name brings peace he is the prince of peace and so god took a name watch this watch this watch this where you couldn't attach a name to him because he just he was too big. No name. And God took this simple name, Jesus, and put everything of himself in it. Now his name and him are inseparable. Amen. He has decided to make his name and himself one. God has elevated the word above the names. But the word now, therefore, has a name. And his name is Jesus.
Use it. Use it. Use it. It's yours. This is, oh God, I hope, I hope these people get it, God. This name is yours. Take it. Name drop it. If I didn't have a tripod series, I would call this teaching name dropping. Name drop it. Who do you know? I got Jesus, dude. Who you got? I got Jesus. You know Jesus? Yep. Talk to him this morning. Who's fighting your battles for you, man? Who's your attorney? Jesus. Have you heard of him? Huh? You know what you did last night, right? You messed up. I got a name, dude. It means sanctifier. <laughs> it means forgiver. It means redeemer. I got a name. I got a name. You go home with that name today. It's a name that is greater than the law. It's a name that is greater than his names revealed. There is a name that is above every other name. His name is Jesus. Jesus. There's healing in that name right now. Whatever you are sick with, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Whatever you are sick with, the name of Jesus can heal you right now. Whatever you are struggling with, whatever you are going through, there is a name, Jesus. Him and His name are one. They are one. When you call on His name, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. That is not just talking about salvation, but that's talking about protection. It's the word soteria. Everyone who calls on the name of Jesus has deliverance, has peace, has joy. Whatever you need, you don't need a mediator. You got Jesus. You got Jesus. Really quickly, really quickly. If you're here and you don't have a relationship, you know about him. You're probably raised in church all your life. That doesn't make a difference, folks. It's those who call on his name. If you can confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is your Lord, then this Jesus is from this day forth your Lord and your Savior. If you have never made Jesus the Lord, this is your chance right now. All you got to do is repeat this prayer after me and believe it in my heart. The people standing around you will all help you. Nobody's going to be quiet. As you say this out loud, if you don't have, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, say this right now. Jesus! Jesus! I come to you as I am. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood on the cross for me. Thank you for redeeming me from hell. I accept you into my life as my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I am saved. My eternity is sealed. I am forgiven. I am anointed. I am healed. I am holy. I am blessed. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, my friend, you have received Jesus Christ. You are born again. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat this simple prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus 
is my Lord. I am yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for this teaching. We would love to hear from you. You can write us at ZCIM PO Box 592675, San Antonio, Texas 78259. For more information on ZCIM, please visit us at zcim.org or on Facebook and Twitter at ZCIM Official. God bless you.